Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we're going to be taking a break from our usual format of discussing Beef Watch newsletter articles. Today's Beef Watch podcast is a producer perspective, and I have the privilege of being joined by Bree Denaire, who ranches with her family from near Seneca. Thanks for joining me today, Bree. Good to be here, Aaron. Well, Bree, before we dive into the topic of our discussion today, which is around unit cost production as it relates to the ranch, share with us a little more about yourself, your background, and your role with the operation there. Sure. Um, well, I grew up in North Dakota on a small ranch, and there weren't any opportunities for me to go back and ranch with family. So the most prestigious job in agriculture I knew of at the time growing up in Washburn, North Dakota in the 90s was veterinarian. So I fast-tracked it to NDSU, where I got my bachelor's in uh, animal and range sciences. And after a short internship in Europe, I figured out that uh, uh, I probably was not the student suited, best suited to go to veterinary school. So um, I applied to graduate schools in ruminant nutrition, and the University of Nebraska-Lincoln took me. I studied under Jess Minor. And fortuitously, my office mate at the Ruminant Nutrition Department at UNL was Rosemary Vitton at the time, Rosemary Anderson now. And she drug me out to the Sandhills one February in the early 2000s. And I said, what is this heaven on earth out here? And I had, I had never heard of the Nebraska Sandhills until then. And I love to tell the story that the sun rose that first morning uh, out on the, out on the uh, Vitton Ranch south of Whitman and trombones sounded like in the in Man from Snowy River. And, and I just knew this is where I wanted to, to live and work. And so after our, uh, our weekend out in the hills, I went back to Lincoln and applied for every job available in the Sand Hills. And I was hired as a ruminant nutrition salesperson, I guess, or, a, or an advisor with the Farmers Ranchers Co-op. And I moved out here and uh, this is where my husband found me. And since then, I have not been working as a ruminant nutritionist for probably 10 years or since since the kids were born anyway. And so Martin and I ranched on his family's homestead ranch with family and with our kids too. We've got three kids, 17, um, almost 16 and 14. So uh, we run commercial Red Angus and we put up some sub-irrigated wet meadows for hay, and that's really the, the gist of it. Well, Bree, you were part of a unit cost production workshop that we held in Gordon a little over a year ago. And at the workshop, we use a sample ranch that's not unlike your ranch, a ranch where part of the land base is owned, a cow-calf enterprise, a hay enterprise, and then they develop their own replacement heifers. Share with us your perspective on going through that workshop and and what you learned there and maybe some of the experience you had that challenged your thinking and how you use some of those tools today. Yeah, I, I can't say enough about what that workshop has done for me in the last couple of years. You know, I'm not even sure I knew what I was getting into when I signed up to go to the first uh, unit cost of production workshop with you guys. But I know I was trying to figure out a new software, accounting software for the ranch. And I was, you know, flipping between uh, a new program called Zero and Quicken, and nothing was just really fitting how to put together a good a good ranch budget. And one of the most impactful things that you said in that that first day 
was that um, a lot of time ranchers are, our entire goal is to not have to pay taxes. And, and boy, that just, that just threw a 90 watt bulb right into my face. And, and of course, that is exactly what our focus is from September to December. Okay, we have to make as much profit as we possibly can on this place, but now how are we going to hide it? Or how are we going to offset it? Or how are we going to make Uncle Sam not know what we're making? And in that conversation, you said a couple of things, and that was, we need to run kind of three sets of books, not nefariously, but three sets of books, one for your actual ranch books, one for your accountant, and one for your banker. And boy, that was really, really an impactful way for me to start thinking about it. And the other thing that you said in that, in that um, topic was, if we are doing our jobs right, we should have to pay a few taxes at the end of the year, because that means that we're, we're actually being profitable in our business. So that was, that was one really impactful thing that just really changed the way that I think about our business. And I was able to bring that back to the ranch and the other decision makers that are on this place and say, okay, you know, if we split our business into these different enterprises, which is, you know, another, another major topic in unit cost of production. And that is that, um, you know, if you're truly going to measure your costs and your productivity, you have to know what it's actually costing you in opportunity cost, as well as productivity cost, as well as maintenance and repairs and such to have a haying operation, to feed hay to cows, to raise your own replacement heifers. Once I had that spreadsheet in my hands, I had the ability to say, you know, maybe we would be better off paying someone else to develop these heifers and take in, take in uh, somebody else's cattle for cash in, in place of those yearlings. So it, you know, that's just one example, but it was a, it was a real eye opener for us. And it led to a lot of conversations back here. And yeah, I, I can't say enough good about that. What was kind of the response of your family when you came back and you said, Hey, I think we need to think a little differently about how we do business and how we think about the different parts of this ranch, was that received a little skeptically or was it a place where folks are willing to have a conversation and think about what took place in a different way? Uh, yeah, well, I, I had, uh, since the, <laughs> since the workshop was in Gordon uh, every day, I had 90, 90 miles to uh, kind of digest and think about how I was going to approach this conversation with my, with my family members and so I, uh, you know, in my youth, I might have just run home and told everybody we're going to change everything and this is how it's going to be. And I've got a little bit of age under my belt now. So I, I waited for a time when everybody was receptive and we were having a business conversation so that it was, we were in the right frame of mind and just started off with a few of those really, really, really enlightening points because this is a two-day workshop full of you know, some pretty, pretty intensive thought changes, thought process changes. So I did not get very much pushback. When it came time to start entering things into the, into the spreadsheet, you know, I was, I was pretty much on my own at that point. Nobody really wanted to get into the heavy lifting on that. But once, once I had, you know, the, the main numbers put in, uh, all skepticism that would have been there was erased as soon as I brought that into our meeting with the bank. Like most producers, we have a, we've got a cow note. Uh, thankfully, we do not have a mortgage. We don't have a land note, but um, 
we do we do have to figure out what our what land costs us you know whether it's rent or opportunity cost and and just being able to put those numbers down and and um, add that into our conversation at the end of the year or every time we wanted to talk about you know borrowing money for anything it was it was really nice to be able to say okay this is what we think this is going to do on paper and in in um, number form instead of just uh, wishing wishing for outcomes or trying to predict the future which is kind of the nebulous way that sometimes we think about branching in all of its different uh, facets share a little more about just the confidence or i guess power that being able to think through the different opportunities now that you could explore or potentially engage in and and put some numbers on paper uh, look at the different options and how does that help you and your operation in the family think about the decisions to make in terms of which direction you go? Well, here's a real world one. This this was an immediate change. <clears throat> My husband and I make all of the, the genetic decisions on the place. And being able to prove without a doubt that our profitability is tied to pounds of beef sold per cow exposed in that terminology was something that Martin and I had been trying to pin down for a couple of years. We have a, we've got a commercial Red Angus operation. And over the last decade, we've seen our cow herd get smaller and smaller in stature and in, in frame. And for the five years prior, I want to say, you know, the 2010s to the 2000 to 2015 or 16, we had fetched a premium for our heifer calves because they were certified red Angus, source mage verified, all the all the acronyms you could put behind cattle, we we had them. So there was a lot of incentive to chase that uh, that premium dollar for our calves. And as the as 2015 rolled on, we noticed that we were we were not topping the market anymore, and we were not um, uh, necessarily getting repeat buyers from the feed yards. And you know that's that's not good news. That's not that's not what you want to which the reputation you want to have, and that we're not doing we're not doing the right things for the beef industry or the Flying D Ranch at that point. So when I was able to use clear wording and clear terminology as in pounds of beef sold per cow exposed we were able to go oh yeah exactly that that's what we're missing that is exactly what we're missing not to say that you know the the acronyms of source mage verified and certified well we want to say certified herford or certified red angus and and uh, all that the allied programs aren't important uh, because we we still we still raise beef in the same manner but we decided to go ahead with and and do a terminal cross on our calves. So instead of going with the straight red Angus bulls, we we tied into some Charlay bulls, and we saw we saw a dramatic increase. We saw about a 60 pound per calf change in what we sold last year versus this year, 19 versus 20 in in one year's time. And we're we're back we're back feeling like we've uh, we've made a, a nice a nice change in in profitability, productivity, and um, like we're moving in the right direction. We're going to have to do something different with with buying replacements, obviously, but that was an easy trade-off, and we were able also to put that into the spreadsheet and say what that was worth to us. So I, I like what you shared there. You had gone through and kind of made a projection, or at least you were bringing some information to that decision that really helped you evaluate 
would be the potential impacts of this before you ever made the decision? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, use it as a forecasting tool for sure. You also mentioned before we started recording just some evaluation things you're doing with the ranch as it relates to your hay enterprise and also as it relates to grazing. Uh, share a little more about some of the things you're evaluating there and how the tool of using unit cost production is helping you make that decision. Sure. On our ranch, we have a, a specific number of sub-irrigated wet meadows and you know, they, they have to be managed. It, it's, it's not one of those situations where you can just decide to put up hay one year on these and then let it sit for two years or graze it for two years and expect the same hay acres to be there. The, uh, the marshlands take over if you, if you don't mechanically manipulate that hay ground. So some of them were, were trapped into having to, to hay, but others on some of the higher ground, uh, we do have the ability to graze those acres. And if we continue to stock cattle at the rate that we're stocking them through the winter, we're not going to use all the hay that gets put up on this place. So because of the unit cost of production calculator, we know what it costs us to put up our hay every year. We know what it is per ton. And we have not sold hay off of this ranch ever. So we still buy twine bales and we don't put a lot of twine on our bales because they don't have to go anywhere. But now that we know we have X number of hay acres, we have to put up some that we don't. We're evaluating whether or not we wrap the twine a little tighter or if we invest in a net wrap baler so that we can sell hay off this place or if it would be, we would be in better shape to maybe take in some some summer cattle and graze those acres and take advantage of some cash rent instead of investing the money into putting up hay to sell off the place all winter long. So uh, it's just without the tool of the spreadsheet, the unit cost of production spreadsheet, we just, it wouldn't be as clear of a decision. There, it just, it's just a nice tool to be able to compartmentalize some of those things instead of uh, guessing, having a, having a guessing game at what, uh, what the extra twine would cost, what the extra fuel would cost, what the extra advertising and trying to get your, your extra hay sold. You also mentioned before we got on and you mentioned your family and obviously as kids grow and activities take place, there's the desire to be able to be able to participate in those things. Share with our listeners just how having tools like this have helped your family evaluate what are maybe some management changes we might make on the ranch to help better meet some of those family goals. Right. So with a 16, 17 and 14 year old, uh, we, we, uh, we burn up a lot of miles chasing kids. Prior to our kids getting into high school, we had taken in cash cattle or leased cattle on a year round basis. And not just because we don't want to miss these years of, of our kids' lives, but because it is really difficult to find good help when you, when you do have to be gone for a weekend or something we just made the decision instead of taking in year round cattle at full care, we went to uh, summer cattle alone. And it has been, it has been a decrease in our annual income, but it has been a, a good trade off for this time in our lives. We realize it's a very short period of time and um, for our quality of life, we're not willing to, we, we don't have to, we don't, we don't have to sacrifice the school events in these, these years with our kids. So we're not going to. So having the tools to be able to look at the thought process, 
you were able to evaluate what would be the impact of making this decision and recognizing the outcome of that before the decision was made. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, that that's correct. And even, I mean, even if we didn't pull the spreadsheet out to say, Hey, should we just have summer cattle or how many summer, how many summer takings do we have to have to, to replace, you know, a potload of uh, year round cattle, even without, pulling the spreadsheet out to use it, just the, just the fact that we now speak in those terms, just the fact that we now know, okay, we need to look at our cow enterprise and see how that manages manages versus the land enterprise. Because our, our, you know, our, our acres don't change and the cost of our acres don't change. But um, now that we've, now that we know what our um, variable costs and our fixed costs really are, I mean, we knew it before, but being able to talk in those terms has been immensely helpful in these kinds of decisions. Bree, anything else that you think would be valuable for folks to know and understand about the unit cost production workshop as we point towards wrapping up? Yeah, I really, um, I enjoy being able to look at the cost of equipment. So much so that in our personal books, I have taken every single piece of equipment that we have that we pay insurance on or we license and I itemize it now so that I can see which of these lemons is costing us the most money every year and being able to compare, compare whether or not, or at least have the information available to say, you know what, it's time to let that pickup go or, you know, uh, maybe maybe we should upgrade to an MFD tracker on this on this piece of equipment because um, you know we've just been nickel and diming repairs into this other one. So, I, you know, why just because the neighborhood is running around with uh, 2019 four door Rangers with air conditioning and heat doesn't necessarily mean that's the most efficient expenditure of money on your place. So. That's, uh, that's another really good, really good uh, piece of the spreadsheet. Bree, I really appreciate your time today and, and just your candidness about sharing your experiences with the unit cost production workshop and, and the value that it's brought in terms of your thinking to your ranch and your ranch business. Thanks again for joining me today. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, for more information on the unit cost production workshop that's coming up on February 3rd and 4th in Valentine, Nebraska, I'd encourage you to visit the beef.unl.ed website. At the website, you can find a press release with information on how to register for the program.